This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Right field, retreating as Fowler, looking up, and that ball is gone. Donaldson drops one into the basket. A solo home run, his first as a twin, much to the shock of Carlos Martinez. High fly ball, deep left field. Donaldson has left the building. Here comes the rain shower. We're gonna, I, I, love, love me some Dick Bramer. Love me some Dick Bramer. Gonna need Dick to up up the energy on those Josh Donaldson home run yep. calls, though. Okay. He was gonna need a little that, more. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give uh, Dick the benefit of the doubt right now. That was a little bit of a tough one because it wasn't you, you know wasn't the Polanco one was pretty crystal clear. Yeah. In fact, Dexter Fowler, who was playing in right field, did you a big favor because he turned around. It's like see ya. Goodbye. A high fly to right field. Fowler back. And that ball is gone. Polanco with a two-run home run. And it's a five-run second inning. And there's more where that came from last Mm -hmm. night. And we're going to, like we have the first uh, exhibition game last week in the first series, we're going to break down a Twins game like it's a football game. We also have five hot defensive topics from Judd as it pertains to the Vikings. And I'll write that down Wednesday here on Mackie and Judd. But first, a thank you to Luther Brookdale Toyota for being a partner of the Mackie and Judd show. And a thank you for them uh, apparently uh, offering some of the most ridiculously low prices on 2020 vehicles that I have seen. How about this? You can get into a brand new 2020 Camry, a lease for just $209 a month. There's some money down, but that's, uh, that's, that's the lowest monthly payment on a new vehicle I've seen for sure in 2020. Uh, you can also finance for 60 months at 1.9%. How about these Corollas? Lease for just $189 a month or get $1,500 cash back on purchase. You can stop in on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, or you can ask for them to bring you a vehicle to test drive if you feel more comfortable that way. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com is the website. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. But to be a part of the lineup to see how uh, dangerous that it can be up one through nine, you have some, you have speed in there, you have some power in there, you have guys that have the, the hit tool ability to be able to spray the ball all over the yard. I think it's going to be challenging for you know pitchers to come in here, and they're they're going to have to really be on their their game to to be able to last and, and to go deep in the game and, and to have success against us. The Twins are going to win the World Series. I'm going to keep saying that every single day on this show. 
And they proved again last night that they have the most ridiculous offense in all of the major leagues. And we are going to spend the first chunk of this show, Mackie and Judd, Declan producing, breaking down a Twins game as if it's a football game because that's what's happening during a 60-game sprint season. Every game matters. The Twins are 3-1, and one, which you could extrapolate to, I believe, 8.7 and 2.7 on the season. They're in the playoffs. Yeah, I, th- I mean, sixteen I think teams safe right now. Three the, and the one. They're in, today, right? they're in the playoffs. It should be good. So are the Marlins at six sixty seven? Yeah, they might have a hard time fielding. <laughs> a major yeah, yeah that depends who comes out. <laughs> Those for their playoff team. games have also been suspended and pushed back. <laughs> so uh, let's just start. Judd Zulgad, you were at the ballpark last night, and a, a cheap plug for the uh, the series that uh, that you'll be hosting two three times a week on Score North social media called Last Call. Last night, yeah, you did this from the ballpark after the game was over, but. Uh, what what were a couple of your main observations as we break a twins down twins game down like it's a football game? All right, my first one is football is going to seem well. It's going to seem a little bit odd, but it fits in perfect with the football perspective. And it's this: I've never been so happy to see a solo home run in my life as I was when Tommy Edmonds' long drive to center popped out of Byron Buxton's glove over the fence. This is a great call. Sorry, I got it right here. I, I, I went to the football page to play the football song, but... I saw what you were doing. I waited. I'm I mean, this was... Uh, here's the pr- inside, was in, inside baseball here. The problem is people have created so many pages on our button bar. We have Daily Sound and we have MJR Drops. I mean, you gave okay? me the... You and, the ga- and they're alphabetical. And so many people have created like nine pages between them. You passed me, can't the, go you passed me the ball and then you, you were like, hold on a second, don't pass it. And I just passed it back and bang, it just went out of bounds. And Edmund lifts it in the air to center. Well hit. At the wall. It is gone! It's gone! Off the glove of Buxton and it carries over the wall and Tommy Edmund says... Thank you very much. Now, Twins fans are probably saying, Judd, you're happy about that? I mean, why? I'm going to tell you very simply. That play was what I like to call one word, progress. All right? Progress. Byron Buxton. You're trying to turn him into Jose Canseco. Byron, you? No, You'd no. Rather first see of all, him turn into Jose Canseco. It in didn't the go off his head. Second of all, he actually timed the leap damn near perfectly and had the ball. He didn't catch the ball. But how much did you love the fact that he also did not crash into the wall at a high rate of speed? That when he fell to the to the warning track and actually and stay down. He did so, Phil Mackey, not because he was hurt, but because he was mad, which is fine. I'll take Byron Buxton being mad any day of the week. But honest to God, that play was to a T what I want to see from Buxton, which is one, he came close to making a great play. Two, he came close to making a great play without initiating contact with the wall. Those are the type of things. And, and two, very important point. It was 6-2. That home run, solo shot, made it 6-3. Big bleeping deal. I think that play from last night is an enormously big sign of the potential progress of Byron Buxton to be at least cognizant of the fact that if he goes into that wall at a high rate of speed, wall usually beats him. That's one way to spin it. That's my football, but seriously, that's, <laughs> that's a football one way to spin t- it. That's a football take for you. My spin, I'm breaking down a solo home run. My spin is I saw a man paralyzed oh, by the warning track God. and the fence, psyched out by coming within 10 feet of the fence, Good. lost all of his bearings, and then embarrassingly allowed a ball to bounce off of him and over the fence for a home run 
that put the game within reach for the Cardinals. That's what I saw. I saw a man psyched out so you by too up. many times running into the fence full speed. Are you telling he's me in the, he's in the no man's middle ground right now playing outfield? Are you That's telling what I me? Saw are you night. trying to tell me that you would have preferred to see him make that catch while um, while colliding with the wall? Why does it have to be either? Why does it have to be he runs right. full speed into a fence or he freaks out five feet from the wall and allows a home you, run? Why can't he casually go back and just catch a fly ball? Feeling out for the wall like every other center fielder and does. Like, is that, there not a middle ground here? Perhaps there will be, but we are taking baby <laughs> steps here. You know, you know what? Baby steps. You know what? We're not reading right now. We're not reading that Byron Buxton's going to miss the next four to six weeks with a broken clavicle. You weren't thinking at all when when Sergio Romo came in the game and he's, he's I love Sergio, but he's just like hanging sliders over the middle of the plate. There's a runner on base. He's he's if if that was a four run game instead of a three run game, you wouldn't feel a little bit more comfortable with Sergio Rome. I'm just saying, like, I agree with what you're saying. But the fact that Byron Buxton didn't run full speed into a fence and kill himself last night, yes, is progress. All right, yes. like we don't want him to be out for the season. Correct, so that is progress. Yes, but I'm not going to praise a guy for going back, losing his sense of everything because he's so paralyzed by fear of running into a wall. Yes. And then allowing a home run to bounce off of him embarrassingly and over the fence. Like I'm you're praising him for something that I praise, I'm not ready to go that I'm far. I'm praising him for taking a baby step and doing something that we've all urged him to do. And and especially if it is a solo home run. Baseball has been played I was gonna say for 150 years, but let's just say like in the era that people hit home runs over fences. So like it's been played that way for like 110 years or so. Mm-hmm. Well, basically the Babe Ruth era of guys hitting home runs to the warning track and fences, and thousands of players have played center field, and they have fallen in the middle ground between running full speed into fences and being Jose Canseco. Mm-hmm. And I'm just asking for Byron Buxton to fall into the middle ground where every other center fielder that's ever played Major League okay. Baseball is falling. I'm going to help you out okay? here. Like, he, like just find the help middle ground. All right. Byron Buxton almost made a play that a lot of guys who, who of the thousands who have played that position throughout since Babe Ruth would not have come close to making probably. They wouldn't have gotten they wouldn't have gotten up that high to try and make that catch. I want to see it again. And then I'm gonna, it popped I'm gonna, out. I'm going to see it again. Here. But the point being is... It looked is, like a can of corn to me. The and point, he freaked out. The point being is he's going to get to baseballs that a lot of guys who play his position don't get to. Now the question becomes, how does he address the play because he has the ability to get there? Just because you get there doesn't mean that you should always make the play. That's what we've tried to explain to Byron. Me, Derek... Thad, Rocco, you, Gardy, Gene Mock, God bless you, God rest okay. us all. The the one thing that I do agree with you on here, the one thing, like, there's a lot of, to me, there's a lot of twisted logic here, but the one thing that I do agree with you on, it's is, a football conversation reg- regarding baseball. No, and I and I'm damn straight, it's twisted logic. No, what, 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 no, like this isn't. No, the fo- <laughs> breaking down a baseball game like football doesn't mean that we automatically have to twist logic. Let's draw that line. That's first. what football fans do, we got my man. Fifty-five more games That's left. That's what or whatever football it is. fans do. They <laughs> twist logic each and every day. So what? I, what I'm saying here is what I agree with you on. Be aware of the score, okay? Like just because you're up by four doesn't mean that the game is over. But being up by four is different than a tie game or a one-run game, and so you should have that in your mind. If it's fifteen to one, I don't need you laying out in center field and tearing your oblique as you hit the ground or something. Like just be smart. In a four-run game, I definitely don't need you full speed into the fence. If if your 55-game uh, health takes precedence over running full speed into a fence to to prevent 
a four-run game from being a three-run game, I w- I'm okay with making that business decision in center field. So mm-hmm. that, that is the one thing that I fully agree with you on. Okay. All right. What's the next topic? Homer Bailey? Can we talk about Homer no, Bailey? No, no, no. This is a this is is baseball as Homer football. Bailey was great last night. No, I want to panic first. If that's the guy I get, I want. <laughs> what do you panic? I want to panic first. They, sound the alarm! Sound the alarm! No! Sound the alarm! Aren't they three and one? Three and three, three and one. one. Three and one. Sound the alarm! They should be four and one. 30, 33 <laughs> home runs. Nine uh, nine home runs. Uh, okay, here's where I'm going to panic. I'm not quite sure. I am buying the manager's explanation of why Taylor Rogers didn't pitch the ninth yeah. in a save. Situation he hasn't last pitched all night. Year. He hasn't pitched, and, and and Rocco's explanation was that Sergio also hadn't pitched yet this season, and that it lined up well. Blah blah blah. Um, but if this mm. is but if this is a football conversation, you you were playing your nickel defense, and you didn't bring in your ordinary slot corner here, something like that, right? Um, and then you said that well, I played the rookie or I played the veteran at the slot corner because blah blah blah, and I just. I'm not quite sure I'm buying that that's the case. I would also maybe, I mean, Taylor Rogers is one of their most important players. He's their best yes. reliever. Right. And and if, if Taylor Rogers isn't great this season, the Twins probably aren't going to win the World Series like I am telling you that they will. And so my only con- my concern would be less like Rocco sharpening the pencil of, well, do I bring Romo in against some righties and the three-run lead? Like if, if his logic is, listen, everyone's healthy I just wanted to get Romo some work, and quite frankly, like Romo matched up really well against these three right-handed hitters, and we had a three-run lead, and Rogers would have been ready if needed, even though he didn't get up at all when that's there was what, on base. That's also what concerns me. Um, that's why I'm panicking. My question would be, is there something physically wrong with Taylor Rogers? That's so, my, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, Thank you. If he had gotten up, if he had gotten up at some point in time, I would have been like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's fine. But he didn't get up. He, he has not pitched in four games so far. To your point, he is the most probably important element in that bullpen. Just going to throw that out there. Can we, uh, since we're panicking day after a football game here, all right? Trevor May gave up a home run last night. Trevor May gave up a home run last night. Mazer. It was the Buxton home run. I'm just According saying, to you, I'm, it's all Buxton's I'm just fault. Saying, Trevor May gave up According a home run According to you, last Buxton night. had the guts to crash into that wall and go up and no, get that ball. I, said, I made a catch on the track last year. I had no problem feeling, feeling that track. Yeah, no we're gonna we're gonna break down Declan's yeah. softball walk off win later, oh, like it's a football game too. Trevor May, wait, wait, wait! I will, <laughs> I will give you this much as well. Was he thinking about video games he, on that long fly ball? Six five one six four six eight. He gave up a home run to start the eighth, but he also then struck out batters three, four, and five. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Okay, so he was great. He 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 looked great, and that should have been a can of corn fly ball. So oh I told Judd yesterday that look, I I know how good Taylor Rogers is. Okay, he's like arguably in my opinion a top ten reliever in the American League. I I truly believe that, and I want to see who else can get these jobs done. And I think the Twins had that game in control. So, like, so you're okay with Rodgers not pitching totally in that game? I was totally okay with Rodgers okay. not pitching in that game. But, Dex, the key here is to suspect you're not being told the truth and that something's well, wrong. That's, that, that's, that's what Rock, you have Rocco to— Rocco never tells you the truth. I get that, but that's why that that opens the door for you then to extrapolate that something is wrong. Also worth noting here, too— like, So if, it's, not that he didn't, it's not that he didn't pitch and, and it's fine— it's is something wrong because he also didn't even get up. So so just always be cognizant of the fact that what Rocco says allows you to openly speculate and recklessly speculate at every turn. Sorry, Phil. I'm going to be a little nitpicky here. Let's say everyone's healthy, okay? 
And and Rocco's decision was I know everyone's healthy and and I know Taylor Rogers hasn't pitched yet, but I just I like this situation for Romo because I want to get him work. I feel like it's it's righty versus righty, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I don't think in a sixty game season, even with sixteen teams making the playoffs, I don't think you should be toying with a three run lead against a team as good as the Cardinals. No. I think I think you should just look to put away games. Period. And I don't think you should be bringing in your fourth best reliever in that spot. Maybe fifth best reliever because I think Clippard might be better than Romo, um, just because you want to get him some work. So that's my only nitpick. I think Rocco's a great manager, and I think Sergio Romo's a really good reliever. Well, that's why I'm. Concerned, but it, just, it felt it felt a little bit unnecessary I, to 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 risk in that situation losing that ball game. To, to, so. De- to Declan's point, though, Rocco's not going to tell you if something is wrong, which is why I firmly believe as we. Do this right now at ten nineteen on Wednesday. That something might be wrong, and I'm very concerned. And the season's falling apart. And this was this was Baldelli on why he didn't use Taylor Rogers. Nothing uh, is is really changing from last year in any way. Rogers, our guy. Rogers, the guy we're going to lean on in very difficult circumstances when we need outs. He's the guy we're going to turn to. And it just so happens that it was circumstance tonight that he's not out there. I would, again, I keep saying we expect to see him out there soon, but we want him pitching yeah, the innings that we would, you know, call our most important innings. Like we're gonna, we're gonna look to him to do that. Today was a, kind of a an odd set of circumstances, and that's the only reason he's not in the game. Yes, circumstance. Yeah, his elbow is yeah. about to fall off. That's <laughs> hey, I'm gonna play for people watching this clip right now on the uh, Mackie and Judd slash Scornoff social channels here. I'm going to play for you. The Trevor May moonshot that he allowed here. Oh boy! Actually, it was a can All of right. corn. All right. Okay. Well, let's be the judge. Do you think this let's is? Yep. Let's 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 break this down. I'll I'll make okay. it full screen for us here. Okay. Did Byron Buxton? Should he have had this? Let me uh, let me scroll down and find the play button here. Like a boomer. All right here it is. All right here's the ball in the air. Tommy Edman. Buxton goes back. Okay. Yep. Look at the fear. Look right. at the fear. Oh, he winces before he hits no, the fence. No, no, that's no. a man paralyzed by fear. Can we, can we stop fear. that on the track as he tips that ball? This is what I've been working with him on for months. Watch this. It's perfect. Okay. What What does he not do? The old Buxton goes into the wall at a much higher rate of speed, yeah. and you probably catches that. Look what you've done I, to him. You ruined him. No, look at I'm him. keeping him healthy. You ruined my buck. Look at you this. You guys screenshot. told me to keep him healthy. Look at this screenshot. Look at oh, this, this is, is a man paralyzed. By fear of the 403 sign. You know why? Because he should be. You know You know who's broken more bones and caused him more problems? The 403 sign. <laughs> that play is ideal. That play is ideal. The old buck goes back to the wall. He's going, 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 smashes into the wall. He makes the catch. It's a great catch. And right now, we are talking about and having a long conversation about, is it Kepler for the next month in center? Can you play Jake Cave more? My God, has Jake Cave become Babe Ruth during his time against the White Sox? His head is spinning. No. This is, this is baseball. It's football. I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. Head is spinning. Buck was not Xavier Rhodes last night. He got up. Okay. Yeah. No, Buck was. You know, Buck wasn't Xavier Rhodes in that he got up, not faking an injury. That, wow. That's what you mean. Wow. Right? But Buck was Xavier Rhodes in that he turned a very makeable play into a three ring circus <laughs> and allowed points on the board. And Buck post game said it's Harrison Smith's fault. I thought he had it. <laughs> yes. I, I thought, thought I had help over the top. I thought I was getting safety help. <laughs> All right, uh, continuing, breaking down a baseball game like it's a football game. For as bad as Homer Bailey looked against the Cubs in an exhibition batting practice session at Wrigley Field last week, 
He looked really good, and I think what we saw last night, so it was five innings. He allowed six base runners in five innings, only the two-run home run, and, uh, and and they pulled him after 80 pitches, five innings. They pulled him before a third trip through the order, basically. This is this is exactly what you're hoping to get out of Homer Bailey. If he gives you yes. a bunch of outings just like this, it, it winds up being great for the Twins. Um, I'm skeptical that he's going to do this every time. I think what we saw last night is the peak of Homer Bailey's 35-year-old capabilities in 2020. So, like, if he can do that on a regular basis, the bullpen has to get the other four innings worth of outs, and the Twins would sign up for it. What's the Martin Perez timetable on Bailey? Because that's my question. Because they do, look, these guys, in some cases, they get their hands on pitching. And I really firmly believe that in some cases, they sort of just fix it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that car can run for two years, maybe three years. Then there's the Martin Perez's. Who you're like, okay, we're going to take this jalopy and we're going to get X amount of starts or X amount of months. And and we're smart enough to know that at some point in time, um, the good days are going to end probably fairly quickly. What's your best guess about what the shelf life, what the gas tank says on Homer Bailey's gauges? So they're very similar in that the Twins saw these guys four years in a row, you know, with... 5 ERA, 6 ERA, just kind of on the scrap heap. And they identified something in their pitch repertoire. They said, you know what? This one pitch that you kind of have been tinkering with or throwing, if we double down on that pitch, you're going to be a much better pitcher. And actually, it was the Oakland A's that discovered this last year. And I think it was the split change that Homer Bailey is throwing. And they did a great job on the broadcast last night, which, uh, quick side note, the Twins and FSN did a magnificent job last night. The pregame was amazing. Nice. The video, uh, like the, the the intro where they had all the Twins legends, you know, talking to the camera about the 60th anniversary and then throwing the ball off screen. Then another guy would catch it. I mean, it was it was awesome. It was uh-huh. cool. So Martin Perez, uh, for him, it was the cutter, and his cut fastball was very Mariana Rivera like for like the first month and a half in 2019. He was really good. It was. Yeah. For the first couple months of 2019. It's just those two names don't. It's sort of weird. <laughs> and for and for Homer Bailey, it's this split change. And they showed a couple great close-ups where he's he's holding it like a split-fingered fastball. And he's sort of... But he's I think he's sort of like palming it like a change-up, too. I'd have to go see the grip on it. But, um, but he hung one to somebody last night. Uh, I think it was... I think he hung one to, like, Carpenter or something. And it was it was 85 miles an hour, and it was right down the middle, belt high. But there was so much velocity and movement uh, reduced from the pitch that the batter swung and missed. And it was one of those like, okay, if you can throw that pitch and get a swing and a miss up in the zone, that's what you want to see. So Martin Perez for the Twins last year, he entered the starting rotation in the middle of April after three relief outings. And he was really, really good until basically middle of June. And then all of a sudden, the wheels came off. He had a couple okay starts in June and July, but the big crooked numbers, a six earned run outing, four, 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 those started in June. So for him, it was like seven or eight starts, and then the league caught up to the one pitch that he had been tinkering with. So in that case, if you can get like seven or eight good starts out of Homer Bailey in a 60-game season, yep, totally worth it. Totally worth Can it. Can you get him? So if if you do, do that, I believe that you'd become that you would be very close to, if not get him to Pineda, which would absolutely be fine. Yeah, because Pineda's out for what is it thirty eight? It's days uh, or something. It was going to be like thirty nine, and now it's thirty. It's it was it was shaved off by three because they counted the the Yankees playoff games as time uh, served on the suspension. But the point being is, if you can get Bailey pitching, you know, let's say good to Pineda, and then if Bailey. Um, 
um, regresses at that point, you're probably fine. Yeah. Now, now the key start to me, and yes, it is baseball's football. The key start to me is tonight because it starts the cycle of Rich Hill. Oh yeah. I mean, this thing. I am so curious because because to your point, Phil. If we are going to consider the Twins, if we are going to flat out say that they can not only be one of, if not the best team, but one of the best teams in the American League, but win a World Series, mm-hmm. Rich Hill is a huge X factor. Agreed. Because because if Rich Hill is Rich Hill sans injuries, think about what we're talking about now. If Jake comes back, Barrios had a bad first start, but I don't expect that to be become the norm. So let's say you go Barrios, Odo, Rich Hill. And Rich Hill stays healthy and pitches like he can. You've opened the door now to a starting rotation that I think you feel pretty pretty good about. And and so it would go it would go Barrios, Odo, Hill, Maeda. Yeah, I agree. And, and or I, I would some say version of that. with Rich Hill too, Maeda is a five inning guy. Um, the guy we saw last night, Homer Bailey, is a five inning guy. Yes. Rich Hill, I'm not going to say he's nine inning guy like Max Scherzer can be sometimes, but Rich Hill gives you a chance to go six, seven innings and actually go a third time through the order once in a while. So the Twins, like the, the Twins, don't have a ton of guys like that. Jacob Rizzi's a five inning guy. Jacob Rizzi's not a huge innings guy. You know, go look at his career. So the, the Twins, on top of needing another high end starting pitcher, which Rich Hill has been when he's healthy, and that's a prerequisite, I would think, for going deep in the playoffs. They also just need guys that don't make the bullpen have to get 12 outs every single night. And and, and it starts tonight. I don't I don't think they're going to let Rich Hill go like 110 He's pitches or anything tonight. I was going to say. So he might be a five-inning guy tonight, and it'll be fun to listen to him ring F-bombs throughout an empty target field. They're going to be turning up that fake crowd noise yeah. very loud tonight because he's going to miss strikes and he's going to he's going to miss the zone and it's going to be followed up by I, I predict no fewer than twelve f bombs during this start. His pitch count will be twelve. His his swear count will be twelve f bombs. It's going to be very glorious football. And breaking down a baseball game like it's a football game. Uh, hat tip to our friend Brian Hall, local sports writer. He had this tweet last night. I'm, I'm summing it up because I don't have it in front of me. But just when you think you've made it through the tough part of the Twins order and you got to the 7-8-9 spot, here comes a guy who some people think can hit 400 in a shortened 60-game season in Luis Arise, and he is hitting 417 through the first four games. Yeah. Then you have one of the most raw power guys in baseball in Miguel Sano, followed by a guy in Byron Buxton batting ninth that in 87 games last year hit 30 doubles. He's your nine hitter. In fact, if you would have rewound the tape like four or five years ago and said, hey, the Twins are going to have the best lineup in baseball in 2020 or one of the three best lineups, it'll just be a barrage of home runs and guys who work counts and get on base. Four or five years ago, if I would have said, uh, if that's the case, what role will Miguel Sano and Byron Buxton play in that lineup? And I think all of us would have said, oh, like, Buxton's either the leadoff or number three hitter yep. or number two hitter. And Sano is for sure in the middle of the order, and they're both like MVP candidates. No, they're your eight and nine hitters. <laughs> Think yeah, about which is that. Absolutely fine. It's ridiculous. And yeah, and everyone's fine with it. Um, and so, and and by the way, uh, Buxton hit a ball hard to right field last night. So he looks like, and he, and he actually hit a pretty hard ground to the left side. He doubled too, yeah. So he, uh, yeah, he's. It's just going to take time. Like if you expected him to come back from from uh, the vid and be absolutely fine immediately, it wasn't going to happen, all right? His timing's going to take time. 
Like, you can see it coming slowly. I really believe that the first um, week or so of this year, when it comes to Miguel Sano, the importance that, personally, for me, was first base. Because I think the timing is, look, he, he's going to hit home runs, and he's going to strike out a ton. All right? That's just him. No strikeouts last night for Sano. No. That, that's no, worth, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, but we'll talk about that in one second, because th- there's a problem here. Um, but Miguel Sano... I wanted to see these first two weeks at first base. And so far, once again, I will say this. He looks competent, very competent. And that's all I was really afraid that we were going to be watching a guy who by this point had made at least two or three just sort of bad mistakes, and we haven't seen that. I would say the the number one thing to watch at first base for Sano, because this is something that doesn't really get tracked or you don't. You don't lose credit, like you don't get an error. You don't really lose credit when you don't make these plays. But how well can he scoop errant throws? Yeah, because sure. Jorge Polanco has been known to be a little bit erratic with his throwing. I don't think Donaldson is, but Donaldson's going to make some plays off balance, and he's going to throw some one hoppers over there on plays that Sano at third base wouldn't even have a chance to make. And it's up to the first baseman to scoop that and make it an out. Mm-hmm. And like you don't get you get dot credit in in some of these metrics like defensive runs saved or UZR so that will show up on your scorecard for those but you're not going to see like your fielding percentage dip if you don't scoop a tough throw from shortstop but fielding can, percentage is very important god don't be a little fielding percentage <laughs> but you can save runs and you can save other guys from from committing errors by being a good scooper at first base so that's something to keep an eye on with Sano if you want to go really inside ball baseball as football New idea called I Can't Tolerate This, okay? Because each game, and football it's 16 games, I can't tolerate Kirk Cousins throwing a bad pick, right? Last night's award for I Can't Tolerate This, Mitch Garver. Mitch, you struck out three times, 0 for 4. Dude, well, this you is, are in Josh yeah, Donaldson's this, back this pocket trying to learn like how to hit, and you struck out football. swinging twice and looking once. I can't tolerate this. You, you were praising him on the thing for hanging out with Donaldson and picking his brain yesterday. I know, but it's baseball as football, so it changes. I don't know what to do. That was baseball as baseball. Because baseball, <laughs> 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, happens in baseball. It's right. even the best hitters. But this is oh, a 60-game season. Oh, not in the 60-game season, this it doesn't. This is baseball as football. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Football. In this alternate reality, when it happens, we panic. <laughs> I mean, Mitch, if you want to turn into Christian Ponder, do it on your own time. Wow. Wow. Mitch Garver batting only 200 after four games. Should he be uh, benched? Sound it. Should he be benched? Sound it. Should he, should he sit for a couple games? Football. <laughs> anyway, that's my... Can't wait for the tweets. I can't this tolerate this. Uh, we have to get to write that down predictions and still later in the show, a wrap with Royce and Judd's five defensive topics that matter for the Vikings heading into training camp. Uh, but first, a quick word for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been around for over 100 years helping business owners in the state of Minnesota, and uh, this is not the year to be wishy-washy on your confidence level in your insurance company. Uh, there's, I mean, let's face it, there's a lot of businesses just battling to stay open right now. So if you need risk protection, if you need pandemic plans, HR plans, anything and everything um, that you can imagine, Federated has been around the block a few times, and they measure their success by the success of their clients, their partners. Stop by federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative and trusted resources. And remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. You think you like football? Trent Dilfer doesn't just really like football. He loves football. 
Carlos High, little penetration, boom, and then the spin move. We've seen power. We've seen acceleration by Carlos Hyde. Welcome, NFL, to Carlos Hyde. The bell cow back for the San Francisco 49ers. Football! Yeah. Football, yeah! Football! Yeah. Football! Football. Yeah. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Judd and I are currently reacting to, I put this in our prep notes for tomorrow. Aaron Rodgers went on a podcast in the Ringer. Uh, on the Ringer Network and said, there's a quote up here, but the the thing he said is, I wanted to play my whole career with the Packers. Yeah, wanted, wanted to play so did Brett my whole career with the Packers. He's going to look so good in oh, purple in about three years from now. I can't wait, man. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Taking over for Kirk Cousins. Can't wait. Write it down. You like writing things down. I you know what my first prediction is today. <laughs> but this is a segment we call Write That Down on Mackie and Judd. And we are the only sports talk show in the country, maybe in the world, that actually keeps track of our predictions. We keep track of our batting averages, and we keep track of home runs. And this week, when we get to the accountability session, it was a bloodbath for a couple of us. It's the most things that have come off the board in weeks in the accountability session because the baseball season started. So there's things to actually come off the board outside of uh, European soccer leagues, which we've been predicting, and golf tournaments. So the way this works is three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We go around the room with the three of us, Mackie, Judd, and Declan. We invite at least one, sometimes two listeners to the equation as well. And you guys can participate by just sending me a DM on Twitter. And I'm, I'm sorry I'm behind a couple weeks on uh, some of these write-that-down DMs. I will get you guys scheduled. But send me a DM at Phil Mackey. Even if I don't follow you, my DMs are always open for you to either request a write-that-down spot or to just rip us if you want to. If you just want to send some derogatory things, um, that's, that's fine, too. So uh, we'll get to, is it Teague? Teague yep. is our guest Teague's listener our predictor. So Teague, we'll get to you. In just a second, but let's get to the accountability session Whoa. where Judd Zulged had a lot of things come off the board here. Okay, I feel good now. I hate to say this, but it's about time. Yeah, you had seven things come off the you board. You know what? Here. I'm not going to complain. I'm glad sports is back, so I, that's fine. You can watch Write That Down too uh, every single week on the Mackie and Judd YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Mackie Judd if you want to see the visual of this. But Judd, you said Josh Donaldson would homer on opening day against Chicago? <laughs> I'm at home opener. Can we change that? <laughs> I, I figured. Okay. You said the Twins will win their opener against the White Sox, and Nelson Cruz will go deep. And my first thought was, "Oh, I, that's a home run." Then I was like, oh, "Wait a second. He didn't home did he actually Friday. homer in the first game? He hit three over the weekend. Mm. He did not homer you know, in the first oh. game. That's a warning track fly out. Right that is man. that's a warning track. Back goes Buxton. Too, too Back goes. Buxton oh, Buxton center. tipped it over the. Field you, you said Angel Hernandez would be the first umpire to eject a player in the 2020 season. There is a website that tracks the details of ejections in baseball. Jordan Baker ejected some pitcher Pirates. for the Pirates. Derek Holland, I believe. Derek Holland. Yes. Yep. So that was incorrect. You said Miguel Sano would hit the first Twins home run of the season. I must have said that a while back before he got the vid. Yeah, you said that, I don't know, <laughs> sometime in the winter or something. And then you said Jose Barrios, Jake Odorizzi, and Homer Bailey will open the Twins season as the top three starting pitchers in the rotation. Almost. You actually came pretty close. I'm shocked that I was 
Yeah, I'm surprised. Because that's a bad prediction. That prediction was me. made when we still thought the season was going to start in April. So Rich Hill would not have been in the equation, right? And he wasn't. But Maeda—that's a bad prediction. I don't think they had made the trade for Maeda yet. Oh, okay. Okay, I think they came then, after. Then that explains my. So you thought weird it was Brios, Odo, and okay, but however, you said. This, let's circle back to this one here. Let's let's start with you said MLB will open in July, which is yeah. You said last week, suspiciously in retrospect, on the day it happened, Mike Zimmer will in, that the Vikings will announce a Mike Zimmer contract extension before the regular season begins, and it happened literally like three hours later. Yeah. Boys, that ball flew out of the ballpark because I did not know it was coming. I just figured that mm. they do it in training camp. Former Vikings insider yeah. Jed Zolgad. I did not okay. know it was coming. Okay. No, I didn't. Sources all. I didn't. And you know what? If I did, if I did, and it still happened on the day in which I predicted it, boys, that ball's gone. It's not a home run, though. It's not a home run. No, I said it's a home run. It's not a home run. It's got to be a home run. It no. happened you on the same day the, I predicted it. You if predict- you'd have said that, it would be a home run. I, no, the timing of the prediction doesn't matter. You, you predicted that Mike Zimmer would get a contract extension, which is like yeah, yeah it's a it's like a double. Yeah. Yeah, and then it happened on on that day. Congratulations! Uh, that yeah, yeah, gone. but if you du- if you double down and said it was going to happen today, that's yeah, that, it's a home run. That's a home run. But you didn't. Phrasing, man. You know, it, it'll bite you. Whatever. <laughs> whatever, you guys. I mean, that's fine. You take away my pride and joy p- prediction last week. I was accused on Twitter of knowing it was coming, and I will tell you, I did not know it was coming. I think I just got bumped out of yeah, our. I think you're our, out of our, our, our Wi-Fi. Just yes. crapped out here. I'll try to get back on here, but for uh, for the audio audience, Jonathan Harrison said Eddie Rosario will be traded by opening day, and Josh Donaldson will take the number 20 jersey from him. That's not a bad prediction, not actually. Bad job, Bob. He also said the Twins will make a trade for even more starting pitching by opening day, and Rami will like the trade. Because Rami did not like the Maeda acquisition. He didn't like the Rich Hill like a lot or of Bailey. Yeah. And they did not make that trade. Manny Hill said Tom Thibodeau will be the next Knicks head coach. Hey! Hey! That is a round tripper for Manny Hill right, right there. Manny. He said that before there was any real speculation. Way to go, Manny. I thought Judd had that call, too. Uh, I don't remember. I don't know if Judd. We can go back through, but I know Manny Good did for, Manny. for sure. I'll look right And now. that is Manny's first home run of the season and write that down. That's pretty impressive. Rami said, anti-Rob Manford Rami said, Rob Manford will not be the Major League Baseball commissioner by opening day 2020. He predicted that when we thought opening day was still going to be like March 28th. So he even got three or four extra months for Rob Manford to get his comeuppance and to get fired. And, and Rob worked to get fired and he still couldn't. Yes. We actually have to, speaking of like the Astros stuff, we have to get at some point to the Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly just decided, I'm going to throw at the heads of Astros players last night. And then people were offended. It was amazing. It was, yeah, very bizarre. So we have to get to that. Um, And then let's see here. I had a few things come off the board. It was mostly a bloodbath. I said former gopher golfer Eric Van Ruyen will finish top five in the 3M Open. I think he was second to last after the first day. Oh. And uh, that's nice. And then things didn't really get better from there. He missed the cut, so he he came nowhere near finishing that high. Um, what else did I predict here? The Twins will sweep the White Sox in the opening series. Took two out of three. And Eddie Rosario will not give up number twenty before opening day. And Josh Donaldson will express some annoyance, either himself or sources. And that did didn't really. Do I don't that. think he expressed any no. annoyance. No, unfortunately. Yep. All right, uh, listener predictors and Declan. I'm going to try and bring this. I'm going to try and bring this screen. Can we add that to the stream there? There we go. 
for the uh, the viewers. Okay, Braden said Barrios will go seven innings with at least ten strikeouts in his yeah. opener. Ben H said by opening day the Twins will acquire at least three starting pitchers, which oh. was correct. Oh, it's a parlay. At least one of them will be a 2019 Twin. Correct, Jacob Rizzi. At least one will be an all-star in their career. Correct. I think Maeda or Odorizzi was an all-star at one point, so he had all those correct. And at least one of them will get an average annual value of $20 million or more. Odorizzi oh. was just under $20 million. When was Dude. that prediction made? Yeah, Long real. ago. I don't remember. But that's not correct. Okay. And uh, let's see, Josh, so the, the listeners actually had a pretty good week because Josh said the Twins will win the opening series against the White Sox. Yeah. And that they would, not only they would win the series, they'd win the opener not hitting more than two home runs. Yeah. They only hit the two home runs. Okay. Max Kepler. Sam said Major League Baseball will play the 2020 season. Yeah. And that is, that is as much of a layup, I think, as That's okay. you can get. Let's get to Declan's bloodbath oh. here. Dude. How bad is it? This it, is what we call regression to okay. the mean. In right oh! The bad bit wow. was too high. This right, is Mitch, what we call... All right, Mitch Danny Garver, Santana let's find out what happened to you. You know, legendary Minnesotan and former twin Dave Winfield used to say... St. Paul Central graduate, too. They're not slumps. He never called them slumps. They are periods of statistical adjustment. Yeah. Declan Goff has gone through a period <laughs> of Steinberg statistical adjustment. I mean, the same high school, yeah. You said Matthew Wolf will finish top 10 in 3M Open. He Dude. finished 12th. He was 14 under. Was 4th when he finished the round. It, everyone was, you know I hearing? was so upset at that one. Excuses. That's what I'm hearing, Phil. I agree. Okay. Can't disagree. All right, whatever. Let's see if I can join the stream again here. My internet's being great. Hey, you're back. Hey. Taylor Good Rogers. To see you back, Phil. Thank you. Taylor Rogers will pick up two saves in the opening series against the White Sox. We're four games in. He hasn't even pitched yet. Woof. Yeah, and I'm worried. That's a woof. I, I have no problem eating that. That's a woof. You said Byron. Thanks. You said Byron Buxton will play on opening day. Uh, uh, uh. You also said Jose Barrios will be the Twins' opening day starter. He will pitch at least six innings and he will strike out at least six batters. Oh, those, two out of those three things did not happen. Uh, uh. You said if the baseball season does return, Trevor Bauer will boycott the season. Did you see what Trevor Bauer did in his first start for the Reds? This he, like, he boycotted the batters. He yeah, like, or he, he made them boycott. He struck out 13 batters in like six innings. How much pitching has Cleveland turned out? Bieber's great. Savale, Bauer now in Cincinnati. Yeah, I love how they got rid of all these amazing pitchers. Kluber. Kluber's hurt, though. Yep, but Bieber has just become the best of all of them, apparently. Yes. And uh, he's ridiculous. Coming to town this weekend. So, Declan, that was a... So, Declan took an 0 for 5? It was a rough week for the deck man. Uh, you yeah that was that was an O for five on the week and so here are the batting averages. Judd Zolgad is the new batting Die. average leader, four seventeen with one home run. The crowd's going crazy. There we go. I got the averages back up. They're just the dumb. pipe doing crowd noise right now. Off the charts for me. Declan Goff lost a hundred points on his average. He's down to four oh seven. Regressing hard. Rami Makhlouf down to three ninety with one home run. I'm down to 342, but I actually gained like 100 points on the batting average leader. Uh, I have two home runs on the season. Listeners up to 243, their highest batting average of the give season. That, they were awful for a long time. Yeah. That's good. One home run. John Harrison down to 231. He's got two home runs. Manny Hill, 154 <laughs> on the board with his first home run. Write it down. You like writing down. things down. Poor Manny. He's not even on the board. 
For what? You oh, put up the current stats. Oh, he is. Zolgad, Goff, Maklov, Mackey. It's just underneath. Oh, if you, if okay. Declan took the right that down. I thought you left him yeah. off. No, it's he's he's underneath there. Okay, all right. That's We've, good. There we go. There, Manny Hill. There it is. All, all right. right. All right, let's get to our guest listener predictor here. Teague, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Are you ready to swing for the fences, or are you going to look for seeing-eye singles today and write that down? I'll let you guys be the judge of that. I went for a little steam here, so I'll let, nice. I'll let you guys be the judge if these are bombs or singles. Okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. Well, we'll start with Teague. He'll make one prediction, then Judd, Declan, Phil, and then around three different times. So, Teague, fire away. All right. So, my theme is the comparison between the 2006 Twins, my favorite Twins team of all time, and the 2020 Twins. Okay. So, in 2006, our primary third baseman was Nick Punto. Punto played in 135 games, and he had 28 extra base hits. I predict that Josh Donaldson will have more extra base hits in 2020 than Punto did in 2006. Okay. All right. I like it. Write this down. That Punto 2006 season Very is one season. of the sneakier, like more fun individual seasons in the history of the franchise. You said Punto had 28 extra base hits, Teague? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. He hit 290 that year. Like Nick Punto hit two ninety yeah. <laughs> and was the best defensive third baseman in baseball. The lead piranha. The lead piranha. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, Judd Zolgad. I'm going to add one here, given the news that we've seen today um, about the Packers quarterback. You can write this down. Aaron Rodgers is entering his last season with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers wow. is entering his last. He's not going to be a Viking next year. But I sense that. But I sense this is that's true. I sense this is becoming combustible. I sense it's not going to be pretty. It's, um, it's hilarious and, and delightful. And, is the what jo- it is. and the Jordan Love conundrum here is: you don't want a rookie quarterback eating up his rookie contract without playing, because part of the reason to have a rookie quarterback is to have the contract control that it's so cheap. Aaron Rodgers is entering his last season with the Green Bay Packers. I like it. Write this down. Write that down. Declan Goff. The Wild, who uh, play the Vancouver Canucks on Sunday, will win game one of their series against Vancouver on Sunday evening. I'm going to go with they'll get the win in game one. All right. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Declan, after a, after a rough week, just yep, kind looking of for e- singles. easing back in. That's the, right. I don't even know if that's a single. I mean, are they, they're probably not favored. Are they favored in the game? No. Have we checked? No, they're not. They're, I would say it's like 55-45 in favor of Vancouver. Okay. All right, uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off Judd's prediction there. Aaron Rodgers, the the story coming out from the ringer today that when the Packers drafted Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers told a ringer NFL podcast he poured himself multiple glasses of tequila and started calling friends and then had to mentally cope with his reality. And then he called Jordan Love the next day and said, hey, man, like no ill feelings. He dumped his girlfriend. Dumped his girlfriend. He does this once in a while, right before the season starts. I think this is how the Olivia Munn thing ended a couple of years ago, too. He just kind of just like resets his life, and he hasn't talked to his family in a long time, too. He's a weird duck. He's a loner for sure. Yeah, but he's going to be a loner who looks great in purple, starting in 2022. Aaron Rodgers will be the Viking starting quarterback in 2022. Book it. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. That gives him a couple years to get out of Green Bay, maybe go to another place for a minute, and then make his way to the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know how exactly it happens, but I know that it will happen. I know in my heart <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers will be the Vikings starting quarterback. I love at some your point. optimism about this. It's going to be hilarious. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Back to the listener Teague. 
All right, so I'm going deeper on this third base thing. So our original third baseman in 2006 was the legendary Tony Batista. Great batting stance. Yes. T-Bat played 50 games in 2006. <laughs> Donaldson will play more games in 2020 than T-Bat in 06. I like this. I like bringing some of these obscure Twins third basemen from the Ron Gardenhara era into the mix here. There, There's a whole string of third. T-Bat. You predicted what? I also predict Donaldson will not run out of ground ball all the way down to the fence. Of <laughs> Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Right, back to Judd Zilgad. All right, to go back to uh, game one of the qualifying round series between the Wild and Vancouver in Edmonton on Sunday, mm-hmm. Yule Eriksson-Eck will score a goal in that game. So he, he's going to be the Wild's most important shutdown center as far as a checking line goes. But I also predict that because of his hard work, he will find himself in position and score a goal on Sunday night. Book it. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. All right, Declan. All right, I have a couple uh, write that downs here that that will come off the board by next Wednesday. Uh, Eddie Rosario and Miguel Sano have not hit home runs yet. So Rosario and Miguel Sano will have their first home runs of the season by next Wednesday's write that down. So they're both home runless. They will find their first Bamba between now and next Wednesday's. Write that down. Huh? Write that down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that, Dan. All right. Write this down. The PGA Championship is scheduled to take, I think it's the PGA. It's the U.S. Open. Whatever whatever the major is that happens in a week and a half. I think it's the PGA Championship. Okay. But don't hold me to it. Okay. That's not part of I'm my prediction. You slash US Open. The, the major that happens next week. Tiger Woods will finish top five. Top five. All right. I predicted him to win the Masters last year. He looked pretty terrible in his last tournament, so I, I wanted to predict him to win this. But top five to me is is the right way to go. Tiger Woods is your write that down kryptonite these days. What do you mean? I got a home run for predicting he win the Masters. Last I know year. that's not these days. These I, days I don't think was I've Memorial. Made a, Tiger prediction. a couple. No, you made the prediction Actually, that, that I, he'd go top five. I think in the Memorial, and he was like fifty seventh or something. I also I think I said he'd win two majors this year. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things kryptonite. down. I don't hear nor there. All right, Teague, your final swing. All right. So, again, in 2006, Francisco Liriano pitched in 28 games, and he gave up 89 hits. Jose Barrios will give up more hits in 2020 than Liriano in 06. Wow. How many did he give up on Friday last week? I think it was seven. So he's off to a pretty good start. So if he allow, how many starts is he going to make? If he, seven hits, five runs in that game. Okay, that so, start. so what's the number? 80 what? 86? 89. 89. So if he gives up seven hits a game, that was a pretty bad outing. If he gives up seven hits a game, he'd have to make, what, 12 starts? Something like that? Yes. I'm very down on Burrios, if you can't tell. (laughs) That's not a good thing. Write it down. You like writing things down. He's got got no breaker anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Teague, we appreciate you coming on and and taking your swings and going back and comparing to the Ron Gardenhire era twins. Since you have this massive platform and audience, would you like to thank anyone in your life that got you to this point? Uh, I'd like to thank all my friends who gave me so many great suggestions, a lot of WWE suggestions. I said, decided to stick with the uh, with the Twins lane, but this is fantastic. <laughs> Listen, I mean, we could go slightly outside the parameters here. If you'd like to make one additional prediction, it has to be a WWE prediction if you're gonna oh, if you're gonna oh, do what it. You got for me, Teague. Okay, all right. Write it down. You like writing things down. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. 
Big E is the universal champion by SummerSlam. Whoa, dude. (laughs) Okay. I haven't watched enough Raw or SmackDown in the last few months to know if that's a home run or a single, but is he, like, in contention? Well, the New Day is, like, they're all singles now because Xavier's hurt, Kofi's going out, so... We got some upside here. That's a grand slam, I think. Write this Whoa. down. Bob that's Deck. a huge prediction. So that's huge. By SummerSlam, that's huge. Can I get at SummerSlam potentially? Yeah, I would say like okay. you get through the end of SummerSlam by the end okay. of th- by the end of SummerSlam. Okay, because okay. anything can happen at the summer's biggest party. Yeah, I, I want anything can happen. Yeah. All right, Teague. We appreciate you coming summer's on, man. Thanks for listening. Party. Thanks for making right. predictions. Thanks, Thanks Teague. Teague. Thanks, Bye. Fellas. All right, yeah. back to Judd Zolget here. <laughs> Write this down. Oh, that was a good one. All right, my final write-that-down prediction for this Wednesday. Each MLB team will not, the key word here is not, end the season having played the same amount of regular season games. So not everybody is going to get to 60. I feel like that's, I mean, you can predict whatever you want, but the Marlins are already having seven games displaced, basically. Okay, how, how about this then? More than one MLB team. Okay. So there will be another team that has an outbreak or something goes wrong. So so the Marlins and at least one other team. So more than one MLB That's team fair. will not end the season having played the same amount of regular season games. That's fair. Because, I, I mean, I don't know how they're going to make up the five for the Marlins at this point. They're not going to—I don't think they're just going to, like, travel to a city for one day. So I, Write this down. Write it down. It, you like writing things down. It's a long down. shot. All right, Dex, your final prediction of the week. Yeah, and uh, by next Wednesday again for uh, next Write That Down, no twin starting pitcher will complete seven innings. No starting pitcher will complete seven innings by next Wednesday's Write That Down. Complete seven innings. I buy that. Write this down. I think Barrios is going to. In fact, Write it down. You like writing things down. Barrios, here's my final prediction. Oh, wow. Jose Barrios will go at least seven full innings in his next start. They won't let him. What do you mean? If he's at 75 they, pitches? They're, they're not going to let him. They just don't. It's it's this early season, let's be cautious. Seven innings is not that. If, if you're, I, no, Listen, dude, I'm not talking from my perspective. I'd have him go seven. You're gonna, you're gonna, that's great. You're going to keep your pitchers to 73 pitches, and then your bullpen's going to be worn out by the time you get to August. Fire Rocco. What is happening here? I'm just kidding. I love Rocco. Very Zim-like. Tyler Clippard's good, man. He's got good stuff. I okay. like Tyler Clippard. Tyler Clippard makes me uncomfortable to watch. He, yeah, he he's just looks like Nathan. Yeah, he's straining and he's fidgety, but he's really good. He's a reliable reliever. He was a nice pickup. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Positivity from you for the first time in this. That's not true. Down. I gave a lot. I, I praised Byron Buxton for screwing up. Praise. <laughs> I praised him. He didn't get hurt. For turning into Jose Canseco yeah. at the fence. <laughs> that is Ball your off his head. write that down session for the week. And you can always uh, get in the mix. If you want to be a guest listener predictor, just hit me up. Slide into my Twitter DMs at Phil Mackey. Even if I'm not following you, you can always send a DM. The uh, The DMs are open. So we have to wrap with Roycey, but just uh, real quick here. Judd Zilgard, I think we should go right into your five defensive topics that oh, matter okay. for the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. So Judd yesterday unveiled his five. At first, he used the word issues, five offensive issues. And then we had a semantical debate about the word issue being negative. Mm-hmm. And so are these five defensive issues or these five are, defensive topics? I've, I've changed it again for this one. I'm now calling them storylines. These are five like storylines. Like and okay. here's the thing. So, so full disclosure, I had this written yesterday. All right. And just about set to publish. And then we find out 
uh, I believe, in the early afternoon that Michael Pierce, the Vikings nose tackle, who signed that three-year, $27 million free agent contract, had opted out, all right? So I had to go back and redo it because Pierce was a storyline, and now he still is, but he becomes a far different one. So so my addition, the lead to the piece that I wrote for this at scorenorth.com, is on Pierce opting out and who might re- replace him. We talked about this on the podcast yesterday. Armin Watts is a candidate, Jalil Johnson. All right. So off of that now, I've got five storylines, okay? All right. So here we go. Five storylines. Story we'll fire up a little NFL Films music oh, yeah. here. And Judd Bring Zolga it on. will take us on a Bring tour. Bring it on. Bring it on. We, by the way, for timing purposes, we have about 12 minutes to get the five storylines oh, out. I, just, I don't want Judd's keys to go rogue here and spend nine minutes on no, the first one. No, this right. is easy. This okay. is easy. Okay, cool. Storyline number one. Uh, new look on the sidelines? That's the headline. Okay. So w- when... Zimmer got the job here in 2014. He hired George Edwards as his defensive coordinator and Jerry Gray, longtime, very successful defensive backs coach, to handle the secondary, all right? They were all together as a trio, much like a group, through 2019. And now George is in Dallas with Mike McCarthy and Jerry is in Green Bay, coaching the defensive backs for Matt LaFleur and the Packers. The Vikings have made some interesting changes. The co-defensive coordinators and I'll go quickly here, are Mike's son, Adam, and and Andre Patterson, who will still continue to handle the linebackers and defensive line, respectively. But the interesting storyline here is the man that was hired to assist Zim as a senior defensive assistant, Dom Capers, 32 years in coaching, head coach of the Texans and Panthers at one time, Phil Mackey, defensive coordinator of the Packers when they won the Super Bowl, and he did that job from 2009 to 2017, he was in Jacksonville last year, but we all know he's a 3-4 guy. The storyline being, did Zim spend the offseason talking to Dom, trying to cherry-pick ideas for 3-4 mm. change on the sidelines? Yeah, do you th- so do you think this leads to an actual structural change in any way to the Vikings' defense? Because ordinarily by now, we would have figured that out through minicamp and training. We don't know, like, right? Like they would have unveiled that to the media at OTAs in May or something. But we haven't seen anything. I don't think that this means a structural change that's going to jump off the page at us. I think it means uh, definite tweaks and ideas are going to be incorporated that probably weren't previously. And ideas and ideas incorporated that we might not pick up on immediately, but that opposing offenses will and is going to cause them some problems. So, all right, here's another question for you. We don't have much time to, here. Let's go. I know. I don't mean to disrespect Don Capers because the guy's he's 70 years old. He's a legendary. Well, legendary might be a little bit aggressive. He's a longtime coach <laughs> in the NFL. All Successful right? coach. He's been around for a long time <laughs> coaching football he's okay. in the National Football League. Okay. Yeah. Yep. His his main success came in the early to mid 1990s with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. The the Kevin Green Pittsburgh Steelers basically with Bill Cowher. And Bill Cowher was also a defensive minded coach. So they played off each other, but Bill Cowher was the head coach that presided over those great Steelers defenses. So since then, okay, Dom Capers went to Carolina as the head coach in the mid 90s and then he's kind of bounced between head coach uh, head coach of Carolina, Houston. He was defensive coordinator, Jacksonville, Miami, Green Bay, et cetera, et cetera. In terms of yardage defenses, these are the ranks the last 10 years. Let's just go last 10 years, sure. okay? Sure. Yardage, 32nd, 11th, 25th, 15th, 15th, 22nd, and 22nd. That's with Green Bay. A couple nice years in a Super Bowl at the beginning of the Green Bay run. But before that... 
You've got a 20th, a 27th, a 32nd, a 30th with Miami and Houston. I'm just saying, like, outside of a couple years in Green Bay 10 years ago, yep. his defenses haven't exactly been cream of the crop. Right? Yep. It's, it's been a while for yes. old Dom Capers. Yes, yes, yes. It's good to throw that out there. The headline was, new look on the sidelines. Sorry. Not improvement is coming. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's storyline one. Right, storyline story two is is a big deal, probably going to be, I would guess, the focus, um, if and when we get to watch training camp, and certainly if and when the regular season starts, competition at the cornerbacks. Rhodes is gone, which is fine. Trey Waynes is gone. Your nickel corner Alexander is gone. Um, Mike Hughes is going to come in and, and get a job. Now, the question is, can he, for the first time in his three-year career now, stay healthy? Mm -hmm. Uh, Does Jeff Gladney grab the other starting corner job? Cameron Dantzler, who starts at nickel corner? There is a... The one thing that I will say that we are seeing develop is I really firmly believe we probably, in fairness, need to reset our expectation for the Vikings defense in 2020, Phil. I agree. Because because Zimmer's true pride and joys and love, okay, are a big man at the nose tackle who gums up the works. Michael Pierce is not going to play. It's the cornerbacks, right, Mm -hmm. who are going to have very little experience. Um, I don't know how this defense is going to look what i do know is the starting point for what mike ordinarily values is not going to be there or anywhere close and go through that schedule and the litany of quarterbacks and you tell me that this is going to work for sure i can't tell you that it would be an unbelievable coaching job by mike zimmer and all of the defensive coaches that we talked about in the first talking point so i i don't you know going into 2017 18 the expectation was top three defense Hey, you've had multiple years to build this. You've got all kinds of veterans at key positions. I think the expectation for this year going in is can you can you get to be a top 10 defense again at some point? I don't think you're going to come out of the gate all all cylinders, you know. And are you going to stop the run now? I mean, Shamar Stefan and Armin Watts or Jalil Johnson? Yeah. I mean, that's dicey now. It is. It is. Talking point number three. Replacing Everson Griffin. Now, or, 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 yeah, exactly or, what Zim said Saturday. Or, I'd love to have him back, didn't he? He said that. I'd love to have him, him back. And then I believe it was Ian Rappaport subsequently reported on Monday or Tuesday that Griffin was talking to a few teams. He is still not signed, and one of those teams is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but if he's gone, here's the question. He came back last year after he had off-the-field problems in 2018, and he was second on this team to Daniil Hunter with eight sacks. He's gone now. How does that potentially impact Daniil at left end? Does Daniil play some right end now? Um, I'm going to butcher his name. But Ifedi, is it? Adenabo. Adenabo. Thank you very much. Say it very quickly. Adenabo. Ifedi, Adenabo. He was drafted by the Vikings in the seventh round in 2017, got released, had stops in Cleveland, Arizona, and came back here and finished third on the team, played in all 16 games as a backup last year, seven sacks. Yeah. So perhaps this is Zim's next project, and perhaps he's going to turn into a great player. I don't know. But you just have to wonder with how weird things have been. Replacing Griffin, or as Phil Mackey said, are you? Maybe not. Storyline three. There's more. By the way, uh, more to come on that on Purple Daily, the podcast, too. We're going to dive in. I've got a couple things to throw at you, Everson Griffin related, on Purple Daily. 
uh, later on today. Or you, if you're listening to this, it's probably already posted. Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. Okay. Storyline number four as we go through the defensive storylines uh, for the Vikings going into training camp 2020. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm going to. I'm going to bring the Don Capers topic back up. I'm going to bring it a little bit full circle, and I'm going to bring it to the one guy that I think it could impact positively. I've said this a thousand times before, so I'm probably going to look like a moron for saying it again, but headline, blitzing from bar. Look up Dom Cap- Google Dom Capers, and it says two things. The two things that came up immediately are... 3-4 defense and blitzing linebackers, all right? And hair that looks like he may have skinned you know, a raccoon. You know, he's a 70 years old, okay? <laughs> Can you cut him some bleeping slack? Uh, so Just shave your head. Man. So Barr was about to sign with the Jets before 2019, got cold feet, and came back on a five-year, $67.5 million contract to the Vikings. He then proceeded to have... One and a half sacks in 14 games. And I realize his job is not to rush the quarterback consistently. But you'd like to see more, right? Let me give you a reason why I could see Spielman, Zimmer, and maybe the Wolf saying, can we get a guy who knows how to use bar correctly to get a few more sacks? Here's the number I'm going to give you. On the contract that I just read, Anthony Barr's salary cap hit for 2019 was 5.6 mil. Really not that bad, right? For this year... It has jumped to $12.7 million. That's the cap hit. I think if there was ever going to be a time to say, we need to get more from this guy. And let's just say we don't even blame him. Mm -hmm. Let's just say there's different ways to use him, and he hasn't been used in that way, and that's not his fault. This would be the year. And so I guess my question is, was Dom Capers brought in not only to pick his brain for overall defensive philosophies and things that Mike could use in his scheme, but especially to say, what are we not doing with Anthony Barr, who's going to be a huge salary cap hit that's going to allow us to get more, at least for this year? Yeah, uh, valid questions. And I I just don't, I, the Dom Capers edition, I guess on one hand, you could just want smart, longtime coaches to be in the room and providing feedback for you. So, like, Mike Zimmer has certainly done that before without drastic changes. But the other the other way to go about it uh, is the way that you just mentioned, which is he's coming in for a specific reason, whether it's to change a scheme or to get more out of a player. And I hope it's the latter. I mean, if it's listen, Dom, we don't need your scheme. We don't even need, we don't need your thirty <laughs> second ranked Packers defense. We don't really want to know much about. Yeah. We, we certainly just don't need those Packers do defenses Barr. that got carved up by the Bears and the Lions for the last three years of his run there. Right. What can we do differently with Anthony Barr would be a great place to start with Dom Capers. And that brings us to number one. Actually, it's five. Five. It's oh, five, sorry. and I got to five, and and I lost track if we were counting up. Or so down. the Pierce, so the Pierce story, or the the Pierce thing became the lead, but it's important. So I got to five, and I was sort of just done. So I got, I just said, safety net. Their safeties are paid a ton. Okay, wow. their safeties are going to but between Harrison Smith. And Anthony Harris, they are going to need as as much as possible. Those are two very good players. But just to know how much those guys are going to eat of your cap room, it's a combined $22.2 million. That is huge. And so if you're banking on, and I guess you sort of are, you guys, if you're banking on that those two veteran really good safeties, including Smith, who I think is probably a, a Hall of Fame type of player, can make up for the initial shortcomings that you're probably going to get at corner. 
that's what you're banking on. Yeah. I don't know if it's entirely possible, and it's probably not even fair, but I just thought it was cute to make the headline safety net. I got you. I got you. It's very, very clever. Very uh, clever hammer. Really, it, sort of la- it was sort of lazy. So here's a question for you. Like would apologize. you rather, because the Vikings have been in both situations, would you rather have two awesome safeties and question marks at corner, or would you rather have two awesome corners? I know that usually you play a third, but let's say two awesome corners and question marks at safety. There was a time 10 years ago where the Vikings had Antoine Winfield, who was one of the best cornerbacks, and like Cedric Griffin, or like they yeah. had capable guys opposite, and then nothing at safety. Medea Williams and... Well, you, they had your buddy Darren Sharper. Darren Sharper was good for a couple of years. That's true. Uh, they also Sorry. had, uh, what's his name? Uh, Smith, the guy who got had some fun in the stairwell. Dwight Smith. Dwight Smith. Dwight yeah. Smith. Kind of a trainer. Oh, he had a lot of fun in that stairwell. Yeah. So what, what I would you, rather have two great corners. Corners to me are, are... Safeties can be used, especially in today's game, differently, and they can be extremely effective. And Smith, look, Smith is a great player. But if you're telling me that I can have two corners that on every game day I can send out and they can shut guys down, or one guy can just shut guys down, yeah, that's huge. I, I'll take the two outstanding. Heck, I'll take one and a half really good safeties or corners and have two good, serviceable, but not great, if that's, if that's the correct assessment, safeties. I also think it's... This is not scientific. This is just my harebrained theory. I've not done any research to validate this, but other than just like watch a lot of football, I think it's a lot easier to find guys who were drafted in the sixth round. I mean, Anthony Harris was was he a seventh round pick or undrafted rookie free agent? Un- yeah, rookie free agent. So like, yeah. and and then turn that guy into a capable starting safety than right. it is to find a guy in the seventh round and make him a shutdown cornerback. You look at Absolutely, a lot of the top yeah. cornerbacks, and guess what? A lot of them are first round picks. Yes, exactly. It's right. Just, it's one of those positions. So, all right, those are Judd's five pressing Vikings defensive storylines. It was six, but the fifth one that I officially had was sort of weak, so I'd like to apologize for that. It's okay. It's okay. There will be, there'll be more storylines to talk about. Go read them. Scorenorth.com. You can also find daily Vikings conversations as part of our other podcast and YouTube show. It's called Purple Daily, um, and you can find that on Apple, Spotify, and Scorenorth.com. Let's wrap with Royce. Yeah, quick thank you to DennisKirk.com for supporting Score North and Mackie and Judd. It's a little crazy out there, but one thing you can do is get out and ride, and Dennis Kirk will make sure your motorcycle is running and looking its best. DennisKirk.com is a Minnesota-based worldwide retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for avid bikers of all kinds. Whether you ride a Harley Cruiser, sports bike, dirt bike, any type of motorcycle, they have what you need. Over 160,000 products in stock and ready to ship today. DennisKirk.com not only offers a huge in-stock selection, but also guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and a satisfaction guarantee. They truly are the best in the business. Order by 8 p.m. and get it tomorrow. $89 order ship free, and they pay return shipping on helmets and apparel products. DennisKirk.com. Order today. Get it tomorrow. A high fly to right field. Fowler back, and that ball is gone. Polanco with a two-run home run. And it's a five-run second inning. All right, we wrap with Roycey every Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday on the show. And you can find Roycey Unchained in podcast form, scorenorth.com. You can find Roycey on baseball as part of the Scornorth Twin Show feed and uh, Monday Night Sports. Second, Pat, we'll definitely talk twins with you, but I'd love to start with Joe Kelly last night throwing, <laughs> throwing 96 miles an hour at the head of Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa. And then after striking out Carlos Correa with a slider down and away, he turns, sticks out his tongue, and says, quote, nice swing, bitch. Your thoughts? 
I believe Joe will be facing a suspension here, don't you? Because uh, baseball is a little paranoid about fence-clearing brawls during the social distancing era of the pandemic, don't you? Yeah, and then, and by the uh, way, after it, the game was over, he was asked about, hey, like... What happened there? You, you you threw a couple fastballs at the head of these guys, and he said, "quote My accuracy isn't the best." Well, it was a ball. I saw that too. Hey, where was he with one of the clubs they beat in seventeen? I can't remember. So he was he, he was with the he was with the Red Sox in Red seventeen, Sox, right. but he was and the Dodgers were the World Series team. But then he was with the Dodgers starting in two thousand. 18, I want to say. So I don't think he okay. was ever a victim of... I don't think he wasn't. But he has uh, he has been known for basically... Now, he's had a couple of great years and then a couple of horrible years. But he has been known for wasting one of the great arms of all time, right? I mean, he can throw 100 when he wants to. Mm-hmm. And he's got a good breaking ball. Uh, but uh, I don't think there's a lot going on up there between the ears. But... Uh, you know, the uh, the fact we thought maybe the pandemic had made people forget the garbage can, but apparently not. <laughs> How do we um, ha- have a, a sanctioned then bench clearing brawl? That becomes my question. Like, how do we do this? Do if we're going to do this, how do we do this? You can't suspend a bunch of guys, but you can fine them, I suppose. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you could probably suspend. Kelly will get suspended, I would guess. And, uh, and uh, the rest of them will be fine that were involved, but I, I don't know what you do. Dusty and uh, Dusty and uh, the uh, Houston guy, Dusty and who the hell's managing the uh, the Dave Roberts? Dave Roberts will get fine, don't you think? Yeah, not controlling, not controlling their athletes. Why did Dusty want this? Like, if I'm Dusty, he wants to win a World Series. Oh. I just say no, boys. I'm just going to stay home. As a manager, he wants to go to the Hall of Fame as a manager. Right. He'll never, he'll never make it. <laughs> and everybody keeps saying, "Yeah, but boy, he sure screwed up some World Series there, didn't he?" So uh, you know, he didn't know how to handle the pitching staff. Plus, you know, you know, why am I still writing sports columns? Because I don't want to <laughs> quit. I'm like him. He's younger than I am. Him and Bill Barr are both four years younger, <laughs> and the Bill Barr part really irritates me. How can I be older than that miserable SOB? That's what I want. But anyway, that's that's another topic. So, Pat, we uh, we we dove deep into some twin stuff off the top of the show, and and one of them being so Byron Buxton for many years, uh, much like in 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 Forrest Gump's Alabama career, like did not know how to stop when he was supposed to stop, and so he would just run full on in defenses. And and last night, Byron Buxton, I, if you go back and, and rewatch it a few times like we did, was so paranoid and scared of contact with the fence that he pulled a Jose Canseco and had a ball bounce off of him for a home run. Can we find him? Can we find a middle ground, please? Like, can we just go back and like find the fence and jump up and not have it be a big thing? I'm uh, I'm not worried about him in the field. I'm sorry, I, I can't join the paranoia. But I did love the expression on his face when he looked in there and said, "Where the hell is it?" You know, he was he was uh, shocked that the uh, the ball wasn't in his glove. But uh, I, I'm I'm one guy who's hoping he plays the rest of the season and we can soften that narrative a little bit about, uh, you know, how I uh, can't play more than 10 minutes without getting hurt and, uh, and, uh, that whole deal. Cause, uh, you know what? Let's remember he was their best player last year when he got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, at the first half of the season, 
uh, with it all. And, and, and think about the way they played in the field when he wasn't playing. They, they went from, <laughs> I wouldn't say plus, they went from on a scale of five, they went from three to two. They went from three and a half to two, I'd say, on a scale in the field. So uh, he does make a difference. But, yeah, you're right. I think we've made him more paranoid about the fence than he should be because when you look at his injury history, very little of it is based on running into a fence. We, we think it is, but it, when you look back, very little of it is. And I've said it several times, uh, that ball he got hurt on last year when he kind of almost nicked the fence, any center fielder in the world has to make that catch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you got I to mean, it. That's, yeah. not a, that's not a ball that you can duck away and say, don't hit the fence on. Yeah. That was just bad luck. That one was he just hit him in the wrong spot for a, you know, and it was an abutment that shouldn't have been there. But, uh, uh, I, th- I think they're lucky to have him, and it would be nice to see him hit a couple of long draws and get going. So Homer Bailey, Patrick, he wasn't <laughs> horseplay. He was pretty good, yeah. He was pretty good. And so that, uh, I guess maybe he was working on stuff outside of distance in that Cubs game. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, he, he, you know, he doesn't throw hard. I, I thought he was more of a hard thrower, but nobody's throwing hard yet. Right. It seems uh, no, nobody's throwing 98. But... Uh, yeah, he looked pretty good. He had pretty good command, nice mix of pitches. And the Cardinals, I, you know, I don't want to say this in these ethnic times, okay, but I'm going to say it anyway. How come they got all these white guys? Where the hell did all these, <laughs> did all these mediocre athletic gals? You know, bring back Willie McGee and Vince Colbert and those guys. Let's see some movies. Wait, you don't, like, Har- you don't like Harrison Bader's cur- cur- curly Bader flow? And- Tom Edmund and Tyler uh, O'Neill. Who's Tyler Walter O'Neill? Hit home run last night. Tyler O'Neill looked like me when I was twelve. A fat little guy, uh, you know. But he's you know, he barely could hit. But what? What, what, what is this? Where's the? Where's the great athletes? Come on! What, what, these are not the Cardinals that we have come to know and love, are they? I mean, Harrison Harrison Bader looks like if he could actually get the average over two hundred for a season, looks like a very hateable figure. That, uh, that that we could latch on to. I'm rooting now, for him to hit, hit a little center? bit better. Is he playing center? Yes. What in the hell is a guy named Harrison Bader playing center field for the Cardinals, for God's sake? Great the hair, Cardinals, though, Pat. It's your club, too, Pat. Camo X, Cardinals, your team. I love the Cardinals. The Gas Cardinals, House Gang. The Cardinals have more white guys now than they had in the 50s. <laughs> you know? Unbelievable! Yeah, they brought in a, they brought in a pitcher named Whitey and Lefty, I think, last night. <laughs> yeah, Dizzy and Daffy came in as yeah. well. Uh, you know, these are treacherous times to be saying these things. But I'm watching them and saying these are these are the you know I I don't know who they are. These are the Washington Senators of 1958. For goodness' sake, where's Jim Lemon? You know, it's, uh, it was very uh, very uh, disappointing to uh, to see that. By the way, you played a clip of Blanco. Uh, hitting that home run, yeah. is he a starting shortstop all-star game last year? That doesn't happen very often that we get a guy voted in. Is he their most underappreciated player by the fan base? Is he the guy that we don't talk about enough? Probably. Right now, yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, the guy hitting fourth, right, basically now, most of the time, half the time, I guess. I guess he's hitting fifth because they both cruise the fourth now. But, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, you know, there's a case to be made. He's our best player. Yeah. And we don't really, we don't, when you're looking, when you're rattling off Twins, uh, you know, 
outstanding Twins players. He, he gets mentioned about fifth or sixth, right? But he's a switch hitter, okay shortstop, but a hitting son of a gun, boy. Yes, uh, he, he got into that one last night. Yeah, I think we're yeah. finding out that the the baseball is the same as it was last year, and oh, the, and the no concrete kidding. after ten years has settled. Oh, so. they, they ain't changing no that kidding. baseball. That baseball no ain't kidding. changing. No kidding, that ball uh, uh, Donaldson hit wouldn't have gone out of Buffalo for goodness sake. Your, your whole park. <laughs> That's ben, Benfield Mills is the park opposite yeah. field though, Patrick. Josh, that, I, that guy's great. I know, but it was a flat out pop up. <laughs> yeah, not in 2019 or 20. It's not. <laughs> Oh yeah, the ball the ball still has a heartbeat, ladies and gentlemen. Don't uh, don't worry about the Twins being in trouble, you know, because they took the juice out of the baseball. Don't don't worry about that. Yep. All right. So, do you think it's possibly true that they have had sixty four hundred tests with twenty nine teams and no positives? And they've had 17 or 18 with the Marlins. Can this possibly be true? Well, it sounds like the Marlins uh, the Marlins went the way of Clippers guard Lou Williams, which is they found a nice adult establishment last week, a bunch is of them. Is that now coming out? Is it might be the same place. It's, it's unconfirmed. Atlanta Strip Club. But it is definitely – and listen, I saw a picture of those wings. No. I can't they blame these good. guys. Can't hey, blame I these guys. The guy, I give the guy for the athletic credit, man. He went and went to hung out in the strip joint and wrote a column and said these wings are pretty damn good. You know? <laughs> I can't. I don't know who it was. It must be one of their Atlanta guys, but it was pretty damn good. <laughs> that would have been boy. That was. I wish I had that idea. I would have flown to Atlanta to go to that place to write that thing. That would have been great. <laughs> you at the ball game tonight, there, Judd? Yes, sir. I'm going back. Rich Hill, man, got to see Rich Hill pitch. Very curious. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll see you there. I'll be there. They're let me in. Okay, okay. Here, Here is the one thing. I don't think that, that you're going to care, but here is the one thing that you are going to find. The loud Roycey commentary is going to be heard by everybody, including some <laughs> players. So if Rich Hill gives up three runs and you say, you this suck. guy sucks, I love that. Rich Hill is going I, to hear you. I told you the great Fraley story, the late great Jerry Fraley story, when he was covering the Braves when they were on TBS and they were horrible, you know? Yeah. One, one September game, and uh, Bruce Benedict, the catcher, said to him, what were you guys laughing about up there in the press box in the eighth inning? <laughs> 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 it was like 1,500 people. What were you guys laughing about in the eighth inning? <laughs> I think Fraley said you. Yeah, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Amazing. All right, Jeff. All right, Pat. We'll tonight. talk Bye. to you later. Uh, that's wrapping yeah. with Royce. He's going to that. That voice will carry you through uh, the entire ballpark. It's going to be hilarious, Pat. Even in a full like ballpark setting, oh, yeah. you can still hear like in the press box. You can hear things because it's all kind of close quarters, and he doesn't care. At all. Like, he will just say things. <laughs> I was sitting next to him last year, and I, I never got to experience that before last year, but Kyle Gibson, I think, was on the mound and was oh, being no. typical nib, no, nibby Kyle Gibson and was throwing, like, 80 pitches through four, and he just let out the loudest, you suck! And yep. I was like, as he's sitting right yep. next to me. Oh, my God. And, like, yeah. obviously, everyone knew it was Royce, but I was like, oh, so that's the new normal, and I wish I could say that. That'd be so great. So hilarious. But, but God bless Pat. He will not alter how he goes about things because there are... No fans. Yeah. So the players are going to hear it. Amazing. All right. Well, the Twins are uh, on their way to their third world championship in franchise (laughs) history, and we are here every day documenting it. Fourth. Are you counting a Senators championship? No. 65, 87. 65, they got beat. 
Oh, I, I thought you, you were just saying a World Series. No, no, no. I'm, oh, I'm, you're I, saying no, a championship. No. I, my, hell, I thought you were just going World Series. Just to be clear, my battle cry is not the Twins will win the American League pennant. My battle cry is the Twins are winning the World Series this season. Okay, so you are. Okay, all right. And it's on the uh, record and write that don't down. Let, don't let, you know, four games, um, you know, large sample size. Don't let that affect it's you. A large sample size in, in, in uh, 2020. Large enough for me. Large enough for me. All right, we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, we'll break down a baseball game like it's a football game again on tomorrow's show, and we appreciate all of you hanging out with us on Mackie and Judd. Plus, action movie rewind in forty eight hours.